All right, mate. That's us. We're on. Epic. How are you, Mr. Green Shields? It's been a while since we've spoken, so um, checking in. <laughs> checking in. Well, as we said before, I'm, I'm a bit knackered, actually, in this moment. Um, my gorgeous spiritual growth partner in life is currently uh, sunning herself in Fiji, having some beautiful personal time. Um, and I've got the trio happening. So my two daughters, 14 and almost 12. And myself, I can't, can't, I don't, someone said, are you batching it the other day? And I watched the old language and be go, oh yeah, yeah I'm batching it. And then I realized I stopped and I, that's not me. I don't batch it because in this moment, I'm like, Kirsty's with me. So, um, and I, and I now know how to do that. So it's been, it's been great. You know, there's been a few uh, issues and we had to iron them out right up front. Um, I had to own a bit of shit too. So um, it's been a, yeah, we've been five days in now and we're, we're having a great old time. That's personally. So, and, uh, and then just everything else I'm doing is, is singing at the moment too into 2020, the year of perfect vision. So yeah, I'm great. Very good. Very good, man. Well, listen, I probably should just spend a moment um, setting this up because obviously for some men um, in the Warrior Within um, circle, they'll know you very well. You've been down, you've, you've spoken to the group quite a lot. And, you know, you, you were kind of part of the inception. I think I kind of spoke to that in the, in, in the intro um, to set this kind of chat up. But it was really kind of, I guess, spending time with James and, and meeting James all those years ago that kind of really, I guess, focused my vision in terms of really wanting to do this men's work and, and understanding where, where, where he was coming from that, that really kind of, yeah, I guess, I guess honed my offer a little bit. And so in some ways was the basis of what's become worry within, you know, down the track. So it's, it's, it's humbling, man, to speak to you now, you know, I guess almost three years later and, and this thing's kind of growing. Um, and yeah, um, you've been such a big part of it. So firstly, up front, let me just say, Thank you for everything you've done to get us to where we are now. <laughs> Mate, I'm, all I've done is held space. And, you know, you've, to watch you, um, the first time I've told you this many times, you know, I sat next to you in a plenary and, I'm, and I stand just under six foot and you, you tower over me and I look bigger than you. And now to watch you um, just step into your, to your rawness is just beautiful. Mate. It's, a, it's been a gift to just watch you in the last few years and become brothers from another mother. Mm. Well, I feel exactly the same, man. And um, I think maybe, like, uh, as I said in, in the intro, you know, James and I met um, at, a, at a men's conference where we were both, you know, as, as he said, on a plenary um, a few years ago. And, and I remember um, uh, Mike kind of setting us up to have a little chat just to meet the night before. And we ended up just spending hours yep. away at the bar there. And it was pretty clear even then that we were going to be friends for life there was no doubt about that we just connected on on so many levels um even finding out that we went to school together for years apart so um yeah you know I, I feel like I really am speaking to, to one of my closest brothers now so um you know I, I appreciate you man I appreciate what you just said um as well it, it, it means a lot coming from you you know um when you get a blessing from a king another king it, it lands and I acknowledge yours so I appreciate it <laughs> well, mate, let, let, let's wind it back. Let's wind the clock back a little bit. And, you know, I, I feel like asking you a very, a very broad question. Um, it's kind of like, who is James Greenshields? Because there's this big story. Um, you know, you do have a big story. And, and when you stand up on stage in front of a group of men, you command a pretty big presence because of that story. And we don't really have time to go into it all, and all of it now because, you know, I, I think in and of itself, it's, it, 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 it it needs the space, but you know, if I was to give you just a few minutes to kind of wrap wrap things up, where would you where would you go with that question? Um, who is James Greenshields in twenty twenty? Is uh, it's a huge question, and <laughs> the past is is becoming less and less relevant to this present moment into the future. Um, for so long, my past dictated who I was who I believed I was, who I attempted to show up as. Uh, and when I judged that past is inadequate, I felt myself inadequate. Uh, I was running around trying to be everything for everyone, do the things that people said that I was meant to do. So I got a scholarship into the Defence Force Academy, got a degree in alcoholism and Aussie rules because I was more of a lad than I was a, 
an academic. I didn't see point in the academy, uh, academia at that back then. Um, I was just trying to get become an officer in the army, and I did. Came successfully into the um, Royal Australian Army Corps, where I served for about seventeen years, uh, and you know did the things that an army officer does. Was honoured with uh, commanding soldiers in in uh, a place where you probably well, let's put it this way, you want to go because Mesopotamia is incredible. Like, to be in the shadow of the ziggurat of Ur, 6,500-year-old temple to the moon god, um, and actually call it accidentally Ur, which means penis in the local Iraqi dialect, so we found out three months in. But um, big, a bit of an insult. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing place. And that, that was my wake-up, you know, being hit by a bomb was the fourth best day of my life because it, I needed, I was so fixated on, on the script that the past had given me and what society had given me that I didn't realise or know that I need to become my own authority, my own author of my own ship. Um, so, yeah, the guy in 2020 is a person who has learnt to become the author of his ship to the degree I have in the moment. Um, and I refer to myself now as a spirit having a human experience instead of a human having a spiritual experience. Uh, and that, that one flip has completely reframed um, everything I do in helping people, uh, everything I am in, in just being me. That's amazing, brother. I mean, I think, um, you know, we've often talked about this idea that the universe kind of gives you the lesson, the level that you need to hear it and, and wake up. Um, and I think, you know, obviously getting hit by a roadside bomb like that, is that a testament to um, the level of lesson that you required at that time, do you think? <laughs> like just far away from the park? <laughs> well, it's funny because I was, I was working with a, a crew yesterday and, and uh, a guy got me up to, to work with um, this professional athlete group and, and he was, and one of the other guys was asking me um, a couple of questions about my background, and I actually forgot the bomb. Um, I, I, I just didn't mention that stuff, and my mate turns to me and throws it into the conversation, which is quite funny. It's a, that's a great indicator on so many times, um, people will, will want to hold on to the past as well. Now he was doing it for a pure intention, you know, a beautiful intention. He wanted to make sure this guy knew um, that I had a bit of credibility, which I thought was funny. Um, but he was doing it from a loving space. Really. Whereas my mother, on the other hand, she rang me on the 10th anniversary of being hit by the bomb. And when I'd forgotten that it was the 10th anniversary, um, she got really upset because she's stuck in the past. She can't, if I joke about being hit by a roadside bomb, and I sometimes do that, um, because to me, it's like amusing now. It's like literally quite amusing. Um, in the grand concept. And I've done so much healing around it and learned so many lessons because of it. Um, I'm truly honoured to have had that experience. I really, really am honoured because I was, I was so not understanding courage. I, you know, one of the reasons why I got hit is I had to lead from the front. And I was living my life like that. I was charging into every battle I could possibly find to prove myself, to... to to prove my worth, to prove that I'm enough. Um, and that is killing me inside, like literally killing me inside. And so, you know, I manifested a situation which almost removed me from the planet, uh, but it didn't, you know, and that was the big thing. Kirsty, when I got hit, it was one of the biggest incidents in Southern Iraq at the time. And I was the most senior ranking officer to be, to be hit. So it created a bit of a, a storm in the public. Everyone was running around Darwin going, he could have died, he could have died. Kirsty was the only one who said he survived. Now, we were almost on the, the cusp of divorce before I deployed to Iraq. We were emotionally caged beings cohabitating with a, uh, when, I, when I deployed, a 10-month-old daughter who I didn't really know, hadn't bonded with as a father, didn't really know how to do that, was scared shitless about fatherhood, it was really good in the military, so ran to that. Um, and yet she in that moment knew that our whole relationship will be rewritten. And it was, although it was a bit of a rocky road with post-traumatic stress, depression, and almost taking my own life. But, you know, I got through it. And now it's like in the last 10 years, I was reflecting on this the other day because I, I got out 10 years ago. The last 10 years, I've completely rebuilt my life. I live in an amazing place in, in the Northern Rivers, New South Wales. I have two amazing 
young ladies in my life who both just come come of age and they sit and will talk to me about shame will talk to me about what's going on with them you know, we're just having a hilarious conversation at dinner um and and they know that i'll ask them the straight question and i'll ask them the direct question and i'll sit there and i want to know uh and they laugh about it now and they enjoy it uh and and abby you know mucks around with me abby's my oldest and she woke up the instant i was hit twelve thousand kilometers away woke up screaming you know in a cot and penny penelope jane the gift from god was um or the universal greatest spirit or whatever's out there uh, she was born 12 months to the day that I got hit. So my connection to them, I, I gave them every reason when I had PTSD not to, to love me, not to be in my life. Um, but the big thing is, and this is what I often say, I owned my shit to the point where I didn't just own the negative stuff. I did that all right up front. But now I'm starting to, I'm really comfortable owning my positive shit in my life. And that, that probably took me longer to own my negative shit. Which is a little bit funny. You still got me? Yeah, I think we just lost the lost your um, audio, but carry on. I was just saying um, that that my last point I was making was uh, it took me a lot longer to own my positive my light than it did my darkness. Owning my darkness came easier, and. Interestingly enough, now I've gone through an inner journey where the warrior is stepping aside a lot. The king is firmly centre, but the magician has really um, come forward to dance and um, to play into mastery for that level at the moment. So, um, yeah, and, and owning all the darkness, uh, which, you know, is not just trauma, it's the, the, the dark part of the psyche. Make the audio's just gone again, man. We'll see how we go, but um, keep trying. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Um, you, you were talking about the, well, I mean, what resonated with me the most um, right there was this idea that, you know, it was easier to own the dark than it was to, to, to own the light. And that, that resonates with me. And I just, I just wonder how many men listening or how many men out there feel the same way, actually. It seems to be quite common. Mate, especially, you know, you mentioned 2020 and there's so much cleansing of this earth at the moment going on. Um, funnily enough, cleansing the East Coast with the masculine fire element, you can't, can't miss that. But then the, the feminine water element, we've talked about this, you know, you and I um, coming in over the top. But the, the thing is, so, something needed to happen. We, it's like, you know, the feminist revolution back in the 60s needed to happen, but it was done in masculine energy. It was done in the fight. There's a, there's a shift in the feminine movement, um, which is, it's far more powerful now. It's so much deeper and richer. Um, and there's these powerful women that are goddesses. And remember, like, a goddess is someone that we've feared. Like, Men know when a woman, like a real goddess woman, enters the room. We don't even have to look. You know, we'll feel a presence, something about her. And she will often not be the most attractive woman in the room either as far as you know, aesthetics goes because she has this presence, this, this mesmerising energy. Um, and the funny thing about it is that uh, a lot of men have feared that if they haven't been grounded and balanced within themselves. Um, but the, there is like there's this there's this real fire, this real depth of power to the goddess. So, you know, the moment I think the, the, the Heros Gamos, the divine feminine movement is, is really um, romanticizing the goddess at the moment more than anything. And cool, go ahead, love it. Um, get into it, understand it. But at the same time, uh, understand that, you know, when, you, when one of these women enters their goddess, you stand to a fucking tension when they enter the room because you'll feel it, you know, and they'll, they'll feel your presence too. If you, if you stand at attention and, and, and move back, they know that they feel that straight away. That's been my, one of my big journeys. I have a goddess in my life and to every time, you know, she steps, it's a bit like a superhero duel, you know, every time the superhero steps up, the, the villain steps up in power, you know, commensurate. And it's the same with, with Kirsten and I, you know, sure, we're, we're married under, 
were married under a church. Uh, my father was an Anglican priest and I got married in the, the, the church that he, um, he was in. But um, we don't consider ourselves husband and wife anymore. Those archetypes don't suit who we are in our relationship. They're too limiting. Like she'll take out the garbage or jump on a rod on mower and I'll do cooking or for crying out loud, I even sewed my bloody pants up the other day trying to remember <laughs> how to sew. So, um, you know, we don't, and that's a, it's a flippant thing. There's far more to it, obviously. But um, at, at the moment, what I really feel for me in, in 2020 and beyond uh, is there's this beautiful dance happening. I, I really feel there's a shift of so many men like a, a, like a within the warrior within and you know, yourself led, leading them and you've got so many other beautiful, strong, strong men, nurturing men as well um, that are strong but at the same time supple and nurturing. That, that, that's just a, such a beautiful thing to have, whereas before it was this falsity behind the stoicism, you know, and you know as well as anyone, the original stoicism and what we currently define as stoicism, it poles apart really i really recommend don't go for a definite you know, dictionary always go to the etymology of a word um and you know we misunderstand stoicism and stoics in their truest sense um you know for a warrior point when i speak warrior i say a warrior can never act in emotion because they're unbalanced and in a in a in combat you know, take it from me you don't want to be unbalanced in combat it doesn't it doesn't end well you know um so but the thing is a warrior has to be balanced at any moment in time and therefore we're acting from the emotion we're acting from the messages it's sending us an interacting interplay within our environment so when we read it but to the stoics believed in transcendence of emotion and to transcend anything you you must move through it you must intimately know it um, to go to a point of what we were, would refer to in our work as emotional intimacy. Um, so the first step being emotional literacy, understanding the emotion, but then um, and what, it's, what it's saying to me, but then emotional intimacy is, is having that ability to move through and transcend it. Um, and really, you know, it, I know you've been massively influenced by the East in your understandings and have gifted me so many of, of your tidbits um, and advice from that space. And, um, and that that space, the or you know the middle way, for instance, um, that space of balance. Uh, well, I suppose the middle way of balance is a very crude term to use in that form, but you, I suppose you understand what I'm trying to say. I do, man. I mean, there's so much in what you just said there, like all the way back to, you know, the presence of a goddess in the room. It's just um, absolutely true. You know, a lot, a lot of men that I, that I talk to, they sort of they feel they're ready to, um, you know, to call in the wild woman, to call in the goddess. And I'm like, you know, you're going to find out, you know, if that happens and you manifest that, you're going to find out a hell of a lot about yourself, brother, because, you know, um, it's going to look a lot different um, to what maybe you think it looks like in your head. You know what I mean? So, um, and, and good. That's and awesome that they're ready for that. Like that, that means like they're, they're stepping up and they're wanting to step on the edge of the cliff because by fuck, when you're in the presence of goddess, that's where you live. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. And, but it's, 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 you know, it has to happen for the, for the next stage of growth. I mean, you know, uh, in, a, in a relationship like that, that's where the hardest work is going to happen, but that's where the most growth is going to happen. Hell yeah, mm -hmm. uh, absolutely. And I've learned, you know, I've been in the leadership game for, <laughs> holy cow, over 25 years now. I know I, I don't look it, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I said the other, I heard a, a video, of someone rebroadcasted a video I did on Facebook a few years ago and I heard my, my statement, I hadn't heard it for, a, for some time, but it's so true. I've learned more about leadership from looking at Kirsty, her interplay with me, her interplay with, the, with just everything um, around me from our kids right through than I, I have anywhere else. You know, and people go, well, you're in the military for 17 years. You know, you must have learned a lot about military there. I went to Australian Commander Staff College. Like, I turned down promotion to Lieutenant Colonel. I learned more off my wife than, you know, anyone else just by allowing myself to be in the presence of a goddess um, mm. and, and taking on that challenge of stepping up and, and fucking up because I, <laughs> I fucked up a lot. I gave every reason to leave. 
and you know she, there's divine intervention there obviously um and we've got some serious assistance and you know but the, the, the scales go back to owning my life um you know i've been there for kirsty in her dark times as well you know it hasn't always been me who's been the the um um, the explosion within the relationship and and we're moving past that now we're, and I was talking to you before we're moving into a place of letting go of the fight for me I got, back in 2013 12, 2012 I started this program called Awakening the Warrior Within and uh, it started when I was I was me in 2012 and I was still finding myself in this space of helping people I was you know, about two years out of the military, I've been working with a personal development company as their front man for two years. Um, and then I stepped out on my own. You know, I was just formulating this. I was so connected to finding this warrior within and, and helping the, the, the true warrior wake up because I, I realised I ran to war a hero. You know, I needed to be blooded. Um, funnily enough, in the military, they will talk about a new capability that comes into the military and they'll always they'll use it colloquially. This capability has to be blooded. And it's an old um, militarist term. And so, you know, I, I charged off trying to be the hero and, and came back with um, my sword dangling between my legs really, really quickly. I did not become a warrior on the battlefield. Okay, I didn't go into the inner, inner world there. Um, you know, I, I put too much body armor on and, you know, 14.1 ton armored vehicle around me to, um, to do that inner work. But, uh, and I was commanding over 100 soldiers. So it was, the weight of responsibility was huge on my shoulders, which was causing a lot of the breakage. But uh, I became a warrior when I ploughed so hard in, I almost took my own life. Mm. And then I woke up and I remembered my father's amazing gift to me. There was a, a young adolescent. I struggled to receive a lot of his lessons. I loved him best mates when he passed in 2003, but still struggled because I was trying too hard, um, trying too hard to prove myself. And he said way back when, when I was very, very young, he just looked out in the bush and he says, there's my God. Because we were also, he was a farmer as well. And we, I grew up on a farm. And he said, there's my God. And I didn't understand him. I wasn't spiritually mature enough to understand what he was saying. But it didn't matter. I shut up. And he then looked at me and looked me in the eyes and he said, but brother, you've got to go and find your own. And that conversation I remembered on my darkest day. And it was like, that's when, well, actually, the, that's when the king entered the room and the warrior then was was remembered because it's the king who lays the sword on the warrior's shoulders so i had to find my king before i could find my warrior um and that was mind you it's not that pretty you know it's, you know what this stuff's like this emotional work is fucking messy you know anyone who thinks it's really nice and easy well, good on you you found something i haven't which you know you could be right but um yeah what i've found is that emotional work and the inner work is fucking messy and that's that's also the thrill of it too you know it's also the thrill of it um so yeah i found my king i found my warrior but um kirsty helped me so much in that in that journey and at times it, again it wasn't pretty she, 2010 she said grow a set that's not the nicest thing for a bloke to hear but mm. in that moment it's what i needed to hear so man there's there's as always there's there's just a lot of gold in what you're saying and i'm resonating with with lots of it um interestingly enough we were in the circle last night we were going pretty deep on the on the father stuff and and what you said there around um you know your dad looking out across the farm and saying you know there's my god you've got to find your own is is really pertinent in terms of what we were discussing last night because we were saying that a lot of the disappointment around sons and their fathers right now is that they expect them to be everything father king both physical and mythological and god because all these things have been lost to us in society like there's no mythological king there's no there's no political king you know um and god is kind of a messy concept so you expect dad to be all of those things so for him to stand there and say there's my god you've got to find your own he's saying i'm your i'm i'm your father you know i'm, I'm not more than that you know so i'm just a human being um, and you got to go and, and and find your own way, you know. Um, and I think that's 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 huge um, because 
you know, when you say these things to a son, that suddenly, the, for me, you know, when I started learning about this stuff for the first time, I was like, wow, I, you know, my, my dad had his issues, but at the same time, I expected him to do so much more than he was capable of as a human being. Man, if I wanted to, if I wanted to do the cattle work on my own as a 16-year-old in the cattle yards, give me two minutes, I'd press every single button I needed to and I'd eject my father in a fit of rage. Yeah. He, was, he was dealing with post-traumatic stress from being in Vietnam. You know, he saw stuff in Vietnam that, you know, was not nice, was not pretty. Um, and he did, you know, for him, he turned deeper into his faith because back then, like, he actually sought help, so I found out later. He, he sought help. Um, but no one knew what the condition was. Uh, and in the end, he just, it, it was a straight shooter because, you know, he grew up on the land. Uh, and if someone was you know, like a psychologist was going to talk shit to him, which he believed most of them did, um, then he just wouldn't listen. And he'd, he'd go and find his own path. And he, he forged his own path and his faith was so deep, um, which was a bit of a dichotomy because he, he never wanted to ascend in the church hierarchy because he believed that was a complete crock of shit. And, um, you know, his job was the flock and that's what he was. Um, the whole, the whole story of Fry Tuck amuses the crap out of me. And I look at my father quite, quite a lot for that. But, um, you know, for me, when I go around my campfire, like, and I don't do it on my own quite regularly, I give you the big tip. I get scared shitless. Um, and I go straight out there. And one of the first things I ever do when I put my feet on the land is, um, and I do this in the car all the time when I'm driving. I always I do a little prayer, uh, and I just ask the spirits of everything that I I connect to, to um, to allow me to safe passage or, or you know, if I'm working with men, I, I do a little creed that I I ask them to hold space for us and to guide me and, um, but to guide us and to help us take this energy to where it can do its best good and, um, and I have this dialogue with them and, like the bubble that is set up around there is just, just amazing. And the last few times I've noticed all the birds go for the first, because we go into the descent for two days. If you, if you remember that lots of guys will know the heroes journey. So we go into the descent for about two days and the birds disappear by day three, we do some serious shit. And um, by day four, like blokes are getting swooped by, you know, kind swoops, loving touches instead of like magpie beating the shit out. You're a plover. Um, butterflies and just everything comes out the land so so feels it and I had some experiences the other day doing a rite of passage with some young ones um, and again there's something that's been romanticized like a real rite of passage is full on um, for a person should be not they should be in isolation uh, in the bush on their own uh, for a substantial period of time um, and anyway uh I didn't understand why I was getting this message that the spirits of the land felt honored because I was going, my human mind was going, I should be feeling honored about just being about allowed to be here. And it became very apparent that, you know, lots of people were under the land or to the bush to escape, to take drugs, to just go out there and shoot or whatever. Um, and they escape. And the honoring was we're healing the land. And it's got to be done in concert. So, um, you know, the land has to heal and we have to heal and the, the two are done in, in, uh, in concert. And that was, that was a really big message for me, actually, to, to step up and realise that, you know, my king is so pivotal. And I used to have a principle of connection. But if you, you have a principle of connection, the, the obvious word demonstrates the antithesis, which means I believe, therefore, I can be disconnected, which is actually illogical. It can't exist. And so, therefore, when I realised that, connection disappeared and in came through the doorway in this meditation was the principle of I am. And, you know, you know the, one of the oldest mantras around is I am that I am. But for, for me, that demonstrated the... Um, that it was only the cognition that ever thought that I was separated. It was only the cognition that, that thought that I was disconnected. And that was, a, as people will say, that's the illusion. Um, but I felt it so, so pivotally. And every time I, I, I live in the bush, pretty much, um, you've been here. And, you know, my campsite's just up the back, only, you know, up the top of the hill in this amazing spot. But every time I place my feet on that land, um, it's just 
there's, there's this new vibe that happens within me. It's like lights up for what it's worth. No, man, I, I, I get it. You know, and you talked about the Eastern philosophy as well. And, the, you know, the words you just spoke there quite easily come through, come through that conduit as well. This idea of Maya, this idea of illusion, you know, it's the first thing that we got to, um, we got to break through, I guess, and, and you kind of did it going from connection, which I totally, that totally resonates with me. The idea that if you're saying I'm connected, I'm connected, well then, you know, there's always the dark side of that, which is that you can be disconnected, which, you know, isn't true. <laughs> you're always connected. And um, it's amazing that it takes us this long, you know, half our lives, maybe more before we figure this shit out. It's just, it always surprises me when I come up with these types of things. And I'm like, how did I reach 51 years of age before I figured this out? <laughs> but that's just, um, that's the way it goes. And, and there'll be other things, you know, all the way up until I breathe my last breath. Um, it's just, it's just the process, right? It's funny because, you know, if, and there'll be quite a few blokes will be, be feeling um, disconnected, feeling hollow, feeling isolated. And if that's your way, that, by the way, that is your truth. In the moment, it is your truth. Lean into it. Lean into the motherfucker. Go as, go as deep and as hard as you possibly can into feeling disconnected. Don't, don't shy away from it. Like, don't run from it. Um, the, the weirdest thing about battles is uh, you, if you try and pull away, you're ambushed straight away. Um, there's a, there's a thing that I was taught in the military, you know, in Australian military predominantly because of an ethos that we have in the Australian military. And there's always step on the front foot, always fight for information. Always, you're always trying to be proactive, you know, and that can trip your person up if they, they go out of balance. But the point being, if you feel disconnected, isolated or whatever, then own the fucker and just step right into it because it's the weirdest thing that happens is and this, you know, personified by my, my own experience is that I felt like I was going down, down, down into this never ending pit and it wasn't ending. It wasn't ending. And all of a sudden I started to feel like I wasn't going down anymore. And I cannot put a single thing on one, one technique I did, one breakthrough I had, whatever one day, the moment it wasn't like that. It was like this gradual sensation. Then all of a sudden I'm going up and then all of a sudden I take the first breath of the rest of my life. And, and I've never had uh, a relapse of post-traumatic stress or depression. I don't go into to suicidal ideation and I haven't for years. Uh, and I never took medication. And I'm not going to get into an argument about pros and cons of biomedical approach. It's not the point of the conversation, um, nor is it realistically useful. But the, the point is that one of the reasons why I haven't, the predominant reason is I went there, you know, and I was ready to fucking fight. Is that's what I needed. I needed to, to go into that. And you can just feel the passion in my voice. I'm just amused at my, watching myself speaking at the moment. I can just feel that passion because that's, that's the journey. Um, and, and it's actually, funnily enough, it's actually a beautiful journey when you, you sit back and, well, for me, what I found is, is I, I can actually look at some just amazing, like a shit moments. But like I said before, I, I laugh at the roads I've bought, you know? I, I look at shit moments now and I smile. Have a completely reframed picture of them. I, I love that. I've taken more recently to calling that whole process um, the art of the descent. Yeah, right. Yeah, nice. Because wow. because it's an art, you know, um, and and it is ugly and it is messy and it is painful and all those things. But it's also very very necessary, you know. Mm. And if you listen to, to to James Hillman and some of these other psychologists and and and, and mythologists that I follow, and they say. It's possible to be in the descent, but still be in the world. Yep. Um, and to me, that that's where the art part of it comes in. Yeah. Yeah. And like you put out, um, have you put out those four um, videos to the group? The Hillman Blind Mead. Oh yeah, there's plenty of stuff. We were actually we were actually listening to some of their lectures last night in the in the circle. Um, um, actually, yeah, from part of those videos. And, and um, yeah, there's so much beauty and depth in there, isn't there? I mean, they, they put what we're talking about just, just into, 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 beautiful, um, into, into a beautiful expression, you know? Yeah. And uh, like the storytelling, storytelling is coming back. I really feel that, you know, we lost the art of storytelling, but there 
it's been held uh, by by many people. Um, and you know that if you haven't, if, if the guys on the call haven't actually listened to those audios, I strongly recommend them. They're really beautiful, and don't just listen to them once because there's just too much gold in there. You know. Um, yeah, that's right. You know, and, and I like what Michael Mead says at the beginning. He says, you know, don't fret over. Oh, what what did he just say? Because he said the man next to you will have written it down. You know, there's this beautiful sort of collective energy that happens when those stories are told. And I was just even that bit when you just said that the 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 um everything went quiet, you know, when you took those men out into the woods, I was just thinking, well, that's, that's the firebird myth, you know, this idea that when pay attention to the world, pay attention to nature, because when everything goes quiet, when the birds stop singing, something profound is about to fucking happen, man. So pay attention, you know, strap in. <laughs> oh, it's so true, mate. It, it, it's so true. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, I'm just, I mean, I had a couple of sort of, uh, just to turn a corner and, and, and maybe change direction just slightly, but just to ask another broad one. Um, I was just gonna ask you about in this year, 2020, where we're at now, man, like, um, you know, what does it mean to be a man in 2020? In, in the, you know, the gospel according to James. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, and that's the thing, yeah, I can only, it's such a broad question. I would I would not be so rude as to attempt to, to make a generic statement, but um, for me, I, I really uh, it's there's so much opportunity for us right now. Like we've been wanting for so long. We men have vacated a lot. You know, in the last ten years of helping men come back from a from a almost permanent vacation has um has demonstrated that to me. It, 2020 and beyond is, is there's so much richness to it. There's there's so much balance to it if if we choose. There's um you know people don't need to be vulnerable anymore. Just be open. because uh, vulnerability says that I'm going to be hurt. And and your subconscious mind will attempt to protect um, protect yourself. Don't be vulnerable. Be open. Um, be open to new experiences, open to new emotions. Uh, I, I actually think at the moment we're not in the age of the shadow warrior anymore. We're actually in the age of the shadow magician. And so, uh, yeah, get into the get into the work, get into the circles that you guys guys hold down there. And it's so beautiful, you know, having having experienced a couple. And and you know, I speak to the group, not Asher, right now. This man is fucking amazing what he knows when he decides to engage his second brain in a conversation you hold the fuck on um but his breadth of understanding is just huge so milk it um and he's learning personal boundaries so that he can say no but um you know and hold his own space but uh because he's got the heart like fucking far lap. so you know get into this understanding not only of the warrior but of the magician because uh there's at the moment well, just look at it, you know, um, gospel, etymology, that is God's spell. And there is a lot of spells that we are currently under. Uh, and the warrior is required to break the spell, to, to take the action to break the spell. But at the same time, do that be, be educated by the magician on how the best way to do it, but by do it by decree of the king. And never draw your sword without king's decree because you will literally fuck yourself I speak the words of my own past when I say that. You will fuck yourself if you draw a 25 millimeter Bushmaster chain gun and you fucking use it for things that are not authentic and not real. Don't think I got post-traumatic stress by being hit by a roadside bomb. I got post-traumatic stress because I joined a false king. And that's cool because I needed to find my own. Um, so the year of 2020 and, and manhood and what it looks like for me is, is, is doing the steps of, you know, doing that discipline, actually discipline, I think is overrated because discipline is a natural function. It's a byproduct. When you unite with your heart and you align with everything in life, you will naturally prioritize things that align with what you want. And so discipline is a byproduct in its truest sense of self-discipline as opposed to being imposed discipline. 
and I, I used to learn I knew that opposed discipline shit quite a lot and and fell when I fell right on my ass when I got out of the military because I didn't know how to self-direct and 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 self-authorize so you know discipline is will look after itself when you unite with doing the right things for yourself now initially you if you're in a shitty place you might need discipline and you might bullshit you'll need it um, and therefore, as a group, having mates around you to help you with that will be will be really, really beneficial, if not almost mandatory. And then when you start really getting your stride and you start realising you come from hope through to hope, we've talked a lot about this, but hmm. hope through to faith, which is a, both an internal and external thing, and then you, you go from faith and you start making this progression into knowing I know this motherfucker is the path that I'm meant to be on. It's like my freedom. I now, I gift my freedom back to the universe because I know this is my path. My choice is a divine choice now. And it's said that, you know, the closer we become to the divine, the less we have of freedom. Yet it's a, a man's want to spread our wings, to have freedom. We must go through that cycle. But anyway, an aside. So, you know, staying, staying within that and understanding that balance for me now is pivotal in everything I do because I know my sword is so fucking powerful and I'm conscious of the responsibility that comes with owning my own power and using my own power. So, you know, doing the things that, that make my heart sing, especially, you know, Kirsty's away from now, so I'm taking the girls around to everything that they're, they're doing and we like school, you know. We, they, they're with me 20, pretty much 24-7 um, and I'm honoured that they've chosen that. That's what they wanted. So I must still, because I've still got other things I want to do, I must um, ensure that I maintain all the balance and everything that I need to do. So I know this doesn't really answer your question, well, mine. Mm. Um, but at the same time, you know, for me, it's it's the king, the king stands front and centre. And it's owning my magician nowadays and, and utilising my warrior by king's decree. And, I, and sometimes my warriors told us, sit the fuck down, champ. You do not fucking draw your sword right now. You don't do anything. Wherever that goes. Oh, man, well, I think... Um, no, I think you answered the question perfectly. In fact, I don't want to add too much to it because I'm, I'm taking away from it, only, only in the sense that I totally resonate that we've moved into this era of, of the shadow magician. I mean, you've only got to look at... Um, the word right now, the expression of the words, like you know, fake news down to everything else. Um, yeah, it's, it's it really it, everything really does fall under that shadow magician. But but I'm not gonna. I really I'm not gonna touch that too much because I think you summed it up, up perfectly. Um, and for me, I, the only message that I would give to the guys listening is this idea of um, understanding um, how and when to use your sword and, and, and putting it in the sense of the king's decree is, is absolutely perfect. I mean, you've heard me talk about, you know, what Robert Bly says about the use of the sword. He said, you should reach a point as a man where um, you can just turn your sword in its sheath ever so slightly so that, so that the, the, the ray of the sun catches your um, aggressors in the eye and that's all that's needed, you know? Just a mm -hmm. tiny little tweak without even actually removing it from the sheath because you're so much in your power that that's all you need to do. It's like know? a glance. What's that? It's like a glance, you know. It's, yeah. Just, yeah. If, if, you know, if people are stepping into their worry speaking and, and this is, you know, some of the, the basic work that they're doing, really understand, start to understand what your armory is. Like we, we talk metaphorically uh, about this sword, but you know, you sword your language, it's your tonage. Remember communication is 7% words. So mm. it's everything in that. And it's, it's, it's so much more. Um, and when you literally, uh, and, and it's energetic and it's, it's everything. And when you, you unite with all that stuff, that's when we realize, holy shit, I have been afraid of actually picking this thing up because it is so damn big and powerful. And I start to like realize, you know, I don't understand why you're a bloody scared shitless dude. So, you know, remember Neo went into a training matrix or training program before the Morpheus led him out into the matrix and he needed to, to learn his skills. So use mates, use circles, use that to, to learn how to, to uh, learn which, which weapon to get from the armory but even more importantly, learn when to go to the armory and when not to. 
A hundred percent, you know, and, and moving on from that, you know, your cock is also your sword too. And there's a whole another discussion around, you know, how, 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 how that gets used and, you know, you're understanding that your cock is medicine um, and, and, and that your usage of that and, and the way you, your relationship with your own penis is, um, is a whole another thing which really isn't brought up too much in this, in this men's work. And just, we need to go there, you know? Totally. Absolutely. It's, it's just, point of creation you know i muck around with the girls um because they're now at that stage they know i'm i've got a very high libido and don't shy away from from the fact that i perv on their mother all the time um <laughs> and you know kirsty knows it I, I know it the girls know it you know and i don't shy away from that but at the same time i walk around naked you know and um i've got a i've got a thing about my house i have to be in a place where everyone feels safe to to do what they want to do and walking around naked i i strongly recommend um that said i don't probably need that much space to do that nowadays um <laughs> but the the uh there's so much to what you just said brother and understanding the phallus and you know the point of creation and and respect and reverence you know if you're a young man listening to this um and you're willing to to take it from a guy who's been in a relationship for now over 20 years um, and I could not explain to you 20 years ago what this relationship looks like right now. Um, but understand, if you want to live, live that long in a relationship, two words, respect and reverence. That is their sacred site. When you, when you enter the vagina, you are now in fucking sacred territory. You respect it and you pay homage. Mm. Um, and, you know, that's what they want from us. They want to feel that they can be, they can trust us um, and have a look into the, this thing between protector and provider and all this stuff too. have a look into that. It's, this archetypal stuff needs to break down to be reforged, like, and understand what the real essence of masculinity holding space is opposed to trying to fucking protect her over stuff that realistically, man, she's got so fucking nailed. We don't even just get the fuck out of her way. Mm. Basically look at orgasm. You know, when you take, when you take a, uh, a beautiful union of two people, all she wants you to do is fucking hold a space, you know, hold on. And, and, and you know it when she's going through the roof and you're holding on like for dear life, <laughs> you, you know, you, you, you're hitting the mark because you, she trusts you. She's got to trust you to let go, to go to those right levels. Mm. And then, you know, if, if you're doing it right and I'm still a novice in this path, you know, you know Ash and I have talked a lot and we made about sexuality and stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm, realize that for so long i was just i was having sex i was fucking now mm. i can't do that i can't do that unless i'm you know making love with kirsty um and this this new union is is uh, is beautiful space so yeah please look into that look into your own divine energy um and you know the dow works but also have it stop um don't just don't just go to the east for a lot of this uh buddhism i've found um, you know, has been a gift to understand far more about Christianity. Uh, but, you know, they say that Christ was about the heart, Buddha was about the mind, union, union of the two. But at the same time, you know, if you're from, if, you're, if your lineage, your bloodline takes you back to a place, have a look at the, the deep belief systems of where you come from. Um, understand, you know, that Gnosticism looks phenomenal shit like seriously phenomenal, powerful stuff. Um, hermeticism, you know, if you go back, to, there's so much deep stuff there. Have a look. Don't just diss your bloodline because you came, your soul incarnated in your bloodline for a reason. So, and you might need to separate from it a bit to heal it so that you can come back to it. I know that feeling. But at the same time, have a look at your genealogy and your belief systems of your blood because um, they will guide you. They're there to guide you in their purest form. Don't, don't become fixated or duty in any form uh, weakens resilience and destroys harmony. So mm. I just got on a rant, sorry. No, no, it's all good, brother. I'm just going to take two seconds and turn my battery on. So just, um, just hang on. to rant again? I'm good at rant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... Um, Look, man, I think what, what I'd love to do at this point is, is basically just um, just draw it to a close because I'm sure you'd be happy to come back and kind of, you know, do this on a, on a semi-regular basis. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, if you yeah, so questions we, we can... too, you know, like if, 
if they want to, I noticed there was no front loading of questions, but if people want us to discuss stuff, like the two of us have fun when we discuss shit, you'd be doing us a favor. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Well, I mean, we can do that next time, man, because I know, you know, as I said, you know, energetically, every, you know, you're, you're so connected to this circle. Um, and, um, you know, having you as, as, as a regular um, sort of touch point, I think would, would be awesome. So, I mean, other, other, than, other than here, um, like if people wanted to reach out to you, if people kind of listen to this and just feel that they really resonate with you, what, what's the best thing for them to do? Um, well, if you're not already connected with me on Facebook, please do so. I like to put videos out there and there's lots of stuff that um, talks about a lot of the things that we, we've uh, done. We run a charity, national charity called Resilient Leaders Foundation. Um, Ash has mentioned them uh, on the, the blur before. Uh, we do rites of passage right through to now. A lot of my focus is what's called uh, a new way of leading called harmonic, harmonic leadership. Um, is not a model of leadership, it's a paradigm of thought which brings everything from the quantum realm back into the spiritual realm and everything. But that's a bit of a stupid statement, James. Quantum realm and spiritual realm, it's as if they're two different things. But um, for those that are still getting into this space, it's probably good to hear the two words. Um, but it's you know, this is this is a new way forward. We, we need to understand harmony is the cycle, you know, harmony requires death and growth. Um, and in, leaders need to understand that uh, and moving forward. And, and they need to realise before turning on the ampage of their power, they, they need to have had a series of things lined up. Otherwise, collateral damage occurs. So um, that's a lot of the space we're doing at the moment. And there's massive change. Like, and people are eating. So I was just with an AFL club yesterday and they're fucking eating this shit up, man. And young men are like, you watch that, that code, I've got a lot of faith in that code really shifting. I know there's streaks in, ahead of, of the other two, which are really hurting at the moment from the work that I've done with them. But um, yeah, AFL's still behind, like as in where they, where they can go. And I've got a feeling that, you know, listen to, to podcasts with Nathan Buckley and, um, and what um, Hartwick's doing. Was it Damien, Damien Hartwick? Am I right there? Mm-hmm. Should know because he was an Essendon player. Um, <laughs> and, you know, they look at what he's doing. And Asher, you know, talk to Asher about his work bringing Wim Hof and just consciousness into to Essendon and, and the like. They probably needed that too. Because <laughs> I know I was an Essendon supporter. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's a real shifts. Uh, and it, and it's, there's this wake awakening. So, if you ever, man, if you're ever despondent, if you're ever feeling that shit, you know, the, the tides against us. I'm, I'm here to say from one who reads tides nowadays far more than I don't, the tides are way in our favour now. It's really shifted. The energy has has changed into 2020. The Indigenous, the ones that are still connected is now so fucking powerful and lighting up. Um, they're, they're owning shit to a whole new level. That's why lots of people don't actually understand what Airs Rock's closing is all about. But um, it's... You know, there's shit happening on this country that um, that is actually creating a shift globally. So, um, if you you're worried, please don't. And if you're worried about our young generation, stop listening to the fucking media because you will get worried. Um, our young generation are inspiring. I, I work with them all the time, and they've got this shit. All we need to do go back to what I said before about women: hold space and fucking help them equip themselves with their understanding. They're king first with respect and reverence and moving forward. Mate, I think that's a beautiful place to end it, James. So I, I appreciate your time, brother. And um, let's do this again soon. Love it, my brother. Thank you so much, guys, for the opportunity to speak to. Hey, and keep doing what you're doing. Love to everyone. You guys are magic. And got to understand the butterfly effect. You owning your shit fucking creates massive change. So my hat off to you and I salute you. Nice work, man. Thanks again.